I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lombardi Line here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in the namesake of the program, Michael Lombardi, checking in from the East Coast. Good morning, Michael. What's up, man? It's good to have you back, JVT. We're betting across America. You know, we started that program, so it's good to always have you back. It's good to see you, my friend. Hopefully, I see your family's expanding. Yeah. You know, time that there's no grass growing under your feet, my man. You're doing well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. The new one is here in December, so that'll be a quick five months, and then I will have another one running around. Uh, it'll be crazy, but I'm excited about it. So uh, we have a lot to get to today, a lot in the National Football League. Uh, I'm going to hold off until yep. after our reset for the Aaron Rodgers topic because I really want to let that breathe got a lot of questions for you, but I am fascinated about something that came down yesterday, and I'm going to pick your brain on this as a general manager. New Orleans Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas. So it looks like he could miss some time due to ankle surgery. So I have a lot of questions about this, Michael, because there are some reports yeah. that are indicating that this could be up to a four-month recovery. So the first question is, why get this procedure so late in the offseason? You know, it's twofold, and I don't know the true answer to it, but sometimes, and this happens uh, with the best of organizations, sometimes there's a belief that if we don't operate, it'll get better. You know, and so you let it breathe or you do treatment or whatever. And then 
you go, and then once you get to a certain point, well, we need to go fix it. Or perhaps they did it once. We don't know this. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't really take, and they've got to go back and do it again. So there's always a couple instances, you know, and look, it, it, it is a situation that Michael has to get resolved. And for the Saints, I mean, you know, there goes 132 receptions just out the window. Not from Michael Thomas. He had 40 no touchdowns. But when you add that they've lost Emmanuel Sanders and Jarrett Cook, there they all go out the window along with 12 touchdowns. And so Taquan Smith is their leading receiver on the team in terms of playing time and receptions. This is going to make it very challenging for the New Orleans Saints to play really effective offensive football because, you know, is it going to be Marquise Callaway? Is it going to be Devontae Harris, the little slot guy that kind of comes in and gives them some vertical play? I mean, where are they going to get a receiver? Uh, this is really, I'm sure Sean Payton's not exactly happy about it, but it's life in the fast lane. It's nothing he can do. Right, like the, all indications are, right? Like this is something that was, like, kind of took the Saints by uh, like unknown because you would think, right, again, going into the brain of a general manager, if you knew he was going to miss time at the beginning of the year, you'd add like one more wide receiver of merit. You would add something at the tight end position just to help you out in case he is going to miss time. Like that was the other thing too. Adam Trotman, Nick Vanette, Garrett Griffin, Jawan Johnson, that's their tight end depth chart. There's really not a lot of like deep talent on this wide receiver core and you're making the transition at quarterback. Right. I mean, you know, you, you, when you go play the Saints on offense, like I just described, all those receptions of last year out the window, the guy who threw the ball isn't there. You know, where are you getting fear from? Now, look, Alvin Kamara is great. We know this, right? But Alvin Kamara, when everybody's geared up on him, it's going to be a real challenge. And then you've got to get execution from the quarterback who's prone to turnovers. You know, we know Jameis Winston is going to take chances with the ball. We can say it's going to change. We can say that, you know, Sean's going to be able to coach him better and I'm sure he will but if you look at Jameis Winston's career you know whether it's at Florida State or at Tampa Bay no matter who was the coach Jimbo Fisher to Bruce Arians he's turned the ball over I mean he takes chances with the football that's just innate in his ability so you add that layer into their team and it's going to be a challenge look the Saints in fairness to them, JVT, they went all in. They went all in the last few years. They they had a Super Bowl feeling that they could get there. They felt like their team with Drew Brees was coming towards the end. They put they did the the wimpy. They would gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today, right? They were willing to do that, right? They went all wimpy. But the reality of it is is now you got to pay that wimpy price. Now Tuesday's here. You're going to have to pay it. Yep, and you see this, and this is, it's a fascinating scenario for week one because, of course, they're taking on Green Bay. You see the adjustment from yesterday. We didn't really see a great move in the number. We saw some books adjust a half point, but it went right back to three. The total did drop a point from 15.5 to 49.5. It shops like the Westgate yesterday on the news that Thomas could not be available. And I would think that a guy like Michael Thomas, we talk about this all the time with skill position players, not so much value in terms of the point spread, but value in terms of the total, especially when you're making that all-important transition at the quarterback position. So Michael Lombardi is here. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in here on the Lombardi line. On the other side, we get to that Green Bay team because we have a lot of rumors and rumblings, and it has affected quite a few numbers here in Vegas. It's a Lombardi line here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. All right, Michael. So uh, I will say I am Let's not connected. I'm not connected go. like you, Michael, but I am proud uh, that I did actually get a text yesterday that said, 
ah, you know what, maybe there's something coming on the Rodgers horizon. And sure enough, like four hours later, five hours later, uh, we get the rumblings that Aaron Rodgers could potentially retire. They have an announcement ready, allegedly, and that this is going to be coming in the next 24 to 48 hours. It could come in two weeks, whatever it is. There are a lot of rumors and shakings that Rodgers is going to announce he is done playing for this year. Maybe a Carson Palmer type situation. What have you heard? What do you make of these latest dealings? Well, first of all, I talked to some people in Green Bay, and the coaching staff have, has no idea what Rodgers is going to do. There's been no communication, so they're in the they're in the dark, just like all of us. But let's just go through the facts. Let's play Columbo here for a moment, right? Like we know he's turned down the huge extension. We know he's turned down the opportunity to be the highest paid player in football. However, that structure is, I don't know, but we've know he's turned that down. So with that as a caveat, we know the Packers don't want to trade him. And we also know Dave Dunn, the agent for Aaron Rodgers, has cards that he typically likes to play. He's media savvy. He's media connected. He works behind the scenes, orchestrating the media to get stories out that he wants. He really has one card left to play. He has one card left to play to initiate a trade. And that is to basically say, I'm retiring. That's the only card he has to play. He's turned down the money. So the only way he's going to give his position any strength and any power and any believability, which is the key word there, that he must, must try to retire. Now, it doesn't stop. Serving your retirement papers doesn't stop him having to pay back the Packers the money. Mm -hmm. What it does stop is getting fined on a daily basis. That's what it does by not reporting. So when he files that, Okay, they put him on reserve, did not report. They could also put him on reserve, retired. They would have to bring him back off reserve, retired before the trading deadline, before the trading deadline if they traded him, because then he would have to go through the waiver system. Okay, so that's the only card, JVT, that I believe he has to play. And knowing David Dunn, who, you know, thinks he's going to outsmart everybody, I'm sure the Packers know that this is what's in the cards. Yep. Okay, so let's go down this path then, because uh, we did get a smattering of shops, circus sports one of the first ones to readjust everything when it comes to the nfc north so the vikings now your favorite to win the nfc north plus 125 over at circus sports packers plus 195 bears 335 lions plus 5 uh, 15 15 you can call it that uh, essentially 15 to 1 and then you look across the board win totals now for the packers michael seven and a half heavily shaded to the over that's the alternate uh, low you get the eight and a half as the base win total and then the nine and a half uh, shaded to the under to buck 95 for the alternate high for the green bay packers so let's start before we get to the division as a whole the Green Bay Packers here. Do you think the adjustment of eight and a half is apt if this is now indeed the Jordan Love era? Well, I think this we're going to see what Matt LaFleur has up his sleeve now. You know, now yeah. we're going to see life is not going to be as easy, you know, without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, and now, you know, we didn't even talk about the Devontae Adams problem. Right. Right. So, you know, look, Aaron Rodgers played was the MVP of the league. I mean, they, those guys just don't come walking down the street. And it's going to be a very challenge for the Packers offensive staff to devise a system around Jordan Love, or is it going to be Blake Bortles, who knows Nathaniel Hackett's offensive scheme from being with them in Jacksonville? Now, Bortles ultimately cost Nathaniel Hackett his job in Jacksonville, like he's cost a lot of coaches his job over his career. But we'll put that on, we'll, we'll put that over here for a second. We'll get back to that in a minute, right? But the reality of it is, is this is going to be a deep challenge for the Packers. I, I think it's going to expose their defense in this sense. They're never going to be playing from in front. Yep. One thing about Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, they're always they were playing from in front. Their defense could take out chances, which Mike Pettin took many of them. 
Now, you know, with Joe Barry, it's going to be more of a zone team. It's going to be more of the Gus Bradley play cover three, keep it in front of us, react to the football, be a zone team, try to be as fast as we can on defense. You know, the ripple effect of losing Aaron Rodgers affects Billy Turner at right tackle. It affects David Bakari at left tackle. It affects, you know, all these receivers that we don't think are very good other than Devontae Adams because now they're going to have to stand on their own two feet without the without a great quarterback. So, and then it puts the spotlight right on the right on the head coach. Yep. Where is Matt LaFleur in all this? Is he going to be able to be the head coach and fix the offense, fix the defense, handle the special teams, win the game three-dimensionally? That's not been his forte. His forte has been calling ball plays and letting Rodgers get him out. We'll see. So, And we should know, too, you know, I, I got to talk with Johnny Vello a couple of months ago when I was filling in on Follow the Money, and, and we had talked, you know, my win total, Michael, when it came to, like, full, if we know from day one it is going to be Jordan Love, I thought, like, six and a half, seven would be a fairer number for the Green Bay Packers. John Avello thought it would be more in the range of seven, and maybe seven and a half, but you still see a tentative, like, positivity here with this win total, right, of eight and a half, because... I think it's a little too high. I think it's too high, JVT. I think you're taking the, one of the best players in football off the field. It's going to affect Aaron Jones. It'll affect A.J. Dillon. It's going to expose. Look, you know, the great quarterbacks, to quote John Madden, the great quarterbacks are the deodorant to get in the way, to get in the way of the bad part of the team. They cover up so much, right? And when you lose that, when you lose a guy who has, has historically protected the football – beyond anything we've seen. I mean, this guy is is makes plays down the field, but he's careful with the football, and I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. And he doesn't lose games for the Packers. The number one thing any football team has to do before they step out, they have to avoid losing. Before you can win, you have to avoid losing. And by avoiding losing, that means you don't turn the ball over. And that's what Rodgers did beyond any doubt. He was sensational in that. He didn't turn the ball over. You know, he rarely made mistakes with the football in his hand. So, therefore, you know, the Packers didn't have empty possessions. They didn't have opportunities where they just threw the ball to the other team. I mean, you know, the guy last year in 525 passes threw five interceptions. I mean, that's a 1% intercept. I mean, that's remarkable. I mean, you know, 70% completions, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. There's no chance. There's no chance that's that five isn't going to become 20. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it's going to become 15, 16, 7. I mean, now there's those extra possessions that you're not going to have. And then when you add in, when you add in the fact that the Packers last year, think about this, JVT, did not miss a field goal. So they only turned the ball over five times on interceptions, right? Crosby didn't miss a field goal the entire season. The entire season, he was 5 for 5 inside the 30. He was 5 for 5 inside the 40 and 4 for 4 outside the 50. They weren't losing any games. That's why they won 13 games. They never lost a game. And as they, I learned, they, they basically made the, you know, and then add this to it too. Nobody would look at this, but they scored 219 points in the second quarter. 219 points in the second quarter. Remember, the number one stat in all of football, I don't care about all these analytical people. I don't care about anything. The number one stat in terms of determining who's going to win football games is first half point differential. And you and I have had this conversation numerous times. Who scores the most points in the first half? Who gives up the least amount of points? You add those two numbers together. First half point differential. That means you're going into the lead at halftime. That's the essence of pro football. 
219 points in the second quarter? I mean, Zach Taylor couldn't score 219 points as the offensive play caller with Cincinnati. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, by it's remarkable. Way, I learned all those things. Uh, missed field goals are turnovers, right? Uh, the second half, the second point differential, excuse me, first half point differential on gridiron genius, by the way. I read that in multiple trips on the way out to New Jersey. Uh, and by the way, your point is obviously very good, which is one of the things that I've talked about the last couple of weeks there, Michael, is the effect on a defense that has, I think, some talented pass rushers, but for the most part, somewhat soft up front. So when you're not playing with the lead anymore, all of a sudden those talented pass rushers have to become a little bit more uh, versatile, right, in terms of defending the run. Everything you're facing is a little bit more nuanced, right? It's not just passing to get back into a game. Now it's, okay, now we're talking about schemes. Now we're talking about having to defend run schemes, all these different things. So there is that trickle-down effect here. So let's spin this out in the bigger picture. So now we have the Minnesota Vikings as a favorite to win the NFC North. Win total is nine right now. Uh, The Vikings' chances of winning this as we look forward for this team, what is the upward momentum of the Minnesota Vikings now that the Green Bay Packers could potentially be entering the Jordan Love era? Well, I also think, and let's add Mike Zimmer, coach of the year in there. I think he's 25 to 1. Look, I, I think Minnesota has improved their football team tremendously in the offseason just by the fact that they fixed their defensive front a little bit. I mean, last year was, I think, I'm sure Mike Zimmer watches the tape in complete disgust. He had a lot of young players on the field, something he's not used to. And, and really, more than anything, I think, JVT, he had a lot of young players in his secondary. And for Mike Zimmer, that's not a good thing. Mike Zimmer relies on precision. He relies on execution. He relies on preparation, right? He's going to be very good at making sure. Look, he got Terrence Newman played into his 40s at corner Mm -hmm. because he was smart. He understood Zimmer's system, and he knew exactly what he needed to do. If you brought Terrence Newman in for the last five years of his career, you would never have signed him, but he knew what he was doing. And so with now with Patrick Peterson, who led the league last year in pass interference calls, did not run very well. You'd say, well, that's not a good signing. But I think with Zimmer, I think with Zimmer being able to help him out, understanding his strengths and weaknesses, building the team around him, not asking him to be the, 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 the shutdown corner that he once was, I think that'll help. I thought Danzler played well last year, the kid they drafted in the third round. You know, Gladney, the kid they drafted in the first round, he's got to come along. So I think the secondary's better. But it's about Davlin Tomlinson, who I think really helped Leonard Williams become a good player at the New York Football Giants last year. Tomlinson's a good run player. You add Sheldon Richardson into this group, right? And then if Michael Pierce can ever get his butt in shape and get out there, he's got a calf injury now. He missed all of last year with COVID. That helps him. And then they get Daniel Hunter back to go along with an offense that I think is pretty good. Right? I think their offense is pretty good. I mean, we, you know, look, I don't love Cousins, but when Cousins can play from in front and they protect Cousins, that's a different game. Yep. And so can I ask you really quickly, the, the loss of a run game coordinator, offensive line coach, does that matter at all in terms of a big picture for a team like the Vikings? Well, I mean, I think Rick Dennison's a really good coach. But, look, I, I'll say this. I think the coaches that have decided to not get this vaccination, their careers are over. They're, they've ended their career. It's unfortunate, but that's the reality of it, JVT. You're, I mean, Rick was probably at a point where he wanted to retire, and so he didn't want to get the vaccination. His career's over because it's just not this year you have to get the vaccination. Right. It's every year. It's every year. You're not going to school unless you can show your vaccination papers. You're not coming in the NFL. The one thing the NFL owners do way better than the NBA owners do is they protect their business. They protect their business. And their business is about putting fannies in those seats, and they want those games on the right times. So, you know, I think Dennison's decision to retire probably was L coming along, and the COVID not taking the shot, his beliefs in the vaccination changed his mind. So, 
you know, I think they'll have someone that could come in. Look, the scheme set up. It was it's developed by Kubiak. Kubiak sons the offensive coordinator. There's zone outside zone team. You know, I think they'll carry on as well as they possibly can. I think Rico, Rick, Rick Dennison's a really good coach. However, that being said, you know, the NFL waits for no one. Yep. All right, before we move on from this, I'll ask you as a general manager, uh, if you were around in the day and age of Instagram and you saw that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams had posted the same picture on their IG stories, how do you feel about this? You know, I don't know what to feel about that. <laughs> I, I, I think to me – the way I look at it is, is you know, there's it's propaganda, and it's all yeah. being d- developed out in out at uh, Newport Beach by the master of it all, David Dunn. You know, and David Dunn's very good at it. I mean, he learned right at the th- right next to Lee Steinberg on how m- manipulation of the media can benefit the player. So my attitude towards it would be, I'm ignoring it because I know it's coming from Dunn's office because that's what he gets paid to do. I'm not being critical of Dunn here. I'm understanding what his job is. His job is to create it. Now, first thing we're going to hear about, right? All we're going to hear about is done guy Carson Palmer out of Cincinnati, out of out of Cincinnati, right? Got him out of Cincinnati. You know, he, he retired when back in July, and they traded him right at the trading deadline. It worked then. Dunn can make it work now. We'll see. I think if I'm Mark Murphy, I'm going to let this thing go all the way through. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not trading him at the trading deadline. I'm not going to do it because why? I'm only going to get draft picks that affect me in 2022. So I can get those same draft picks in January when the season's over. Right? Yep. Why don't I just wait? Then I prove my point. So even if so, even if Rodgers, like, let's say retires in like the next four days, Devontae Adams still you think is going to be a Green Bay Packer? Well, I mean, he has no choice. He yeah. could retire too. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, and then he's got to worry about being declared the franchise player. Right. Well, right. Well, I mean, that's the, the difference, I mean, right? We we t- we tend to think that these teams have no rights. Like it's been collective bargaining that they have rights. Mm-hmm. Like if Devontae Adams doesn't want to play football, that's fine. Life's going to go on. Look, you know, shockingly, the NFL continued after Elroy Hirsch. I, I don't know how we did it, but we did, right? You know, it went on after him, okay? So it's going to keep going on after Devontae Adams. I mean, if you don't – and I think he's a great player, and I would love to have him on my team, but the attitude you have to take is if he doesn't want to play, I can't make him play. Yeah. If you're a GM, do you call, or does it not, or you're just not even trying? Do I, if I'm the Packers, if I am Mark Murphy, and this is a mess that's been created by Murphy, then I, I'm going to wait until next offseason before I make a decision on him. No, if I'm, look, like, the, if I'm Mike of, Mayock, look, like, do I call if I'm Mike Mayock and be like, come on, man. Like, they don't want to play for you. What do you want for Devontae Adams? Oh, sure you do. Yeah. Absolutely. You have to make that call. You know, and, and, the, and here's the thing, what I don't think fans understand. The more you say no, mm-hmm. what that helps you in a trade is – twofold it increases the the offer because you're making them negotiate against your, themselves and you also weed out the ones that aren't really interested everybody will call right everybody calls but you'll find out who's really serious by saying no to everybody once you say no okay and they keep calling back you know you have a desperate person on your hands hmm. all right i like you Devontae adams and the uh, the raiders rumblings have been there for a little bit in the interest i don't know why you wouldn't be interested just in what the raiders yeah. need another wide receiver right. i mean they just that's what they need another wide receiver i mean you know i mean because if because gruden i mean he thinks it's a hockey ship let's just roll three guys out there every three plays you know it's like a hockey game love you man give me more receivers give me some juice like seriously your defense can't stop anybody I was gonna right? say, is the defense playoff ready like i don't i'm not entirely sure about that i feel like maybe they need like gus bradley in the defense i can't i can't wait to watch this oh, I, I, I can't, can't wait, wait to talk about that because there's some week one lines that i want to get into too with you there's a tie that I, i'm let's so excited it. to pick
pick your brain on it. All right, we have a lot left to get to here on the Lombardi line, a lot, a lot of football left. We're going to hear from Dak Prescott talking about his role in the preseason, some week one lines that have stuck out to me, so I can pick Michael's brain on that one too. Are we getting a little too strong there on Herbert and the Chargers? We'll talk about that here on the Lombardi line. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know... Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, 
I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. With football season just around the corner, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada Premier Sports Betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 or older, physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, one 800 522 700 is the number. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in here on the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi is out on the East Coast. All right, Michael, so not only does the football season approach, the preseason approaches even quicker. And now we know, we want right to know what the role is of a lot of these guys. It's Information is key in the preseason. And especially a guy like Dak Prescott. Well, we heard from Dak Prescott in media availability, so let's hear from him now. Here he is talking about what he expects his role to be in the preseason in terms of playing snaps. Take a listen. I mean, I definitely want to play um, as far as giving you a number or a quantity of how much I need to. Um, I just want to get, obviously get back out there, get some reps before it's real. We'll reset uh, that. Just we'll to have get a lot of defense coming at you, Michael. coming at me. Uh, you, hopefully not take too many licks because I've got great protection, like but that's part of the game. I think that would be great like to obviously get up from that. I mean, I just want to see him move. I want to see him be able to react to the speed. I want to see him get used to people being around his injured leg and not feeling uncomfortable with it. The sense of timing, because no matter what happens at practice, you can't simulate the speed of the game and the timing of the game that's going to be required to run the offense. So I think more than anything, I want to see his eye level. Mm-hmm. How he reacts to is he, is he worried about the rush? Is he looking down? You know, last year Dak averaged 8.36 yards per attempt. That's really good. Right. That's really good. You know, and so is is, is that injury going to cause him to look down? Because the great Andy Dalton averaged 6.52. So you know, I'm, I'm sure Matt Nagy is going to make that better. I promise you that'll happen. Right? <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, you know, so. I, I think, to me, that's what I would want to see in training camp. I want to see it, and, and I don't know if I want to see it as much in the preseason. I don't think the Cowboys are practicing against anybody. But more than anything, I want to see it, it, it when the when the speed of the game is at the highest level. So when you're when when you're talking about what you want to see, does that mean an increased workload in like a dress rehearsal game, or are you going to change what you would expect out of them, or are you just going to be kind of the same thing? We're just watching a little bit closely. I think we're going to watch it in practice a lot. You know, the quarterback's not live in practice, and well, he shouldn't be. You know, I'm, we're not going to tackle or anything like that. But I want to really see what he's doing in practice initially because it's not going to be quite the game. And then we're going to put him in some of these games early with behind the offensive line, 12, 15 plays, maybe at the most, the second preseason game. You know, get him, get some of the rust off of him. The third preseason game, we have two weeks before the opener which would be really a good time to get your team kind of a little bit more tuned into the game, get their pad level down. You know, see about the speed of the game because you got two weeks to practice with yourself. That's mm-hmm. a challenge. That's a challenge. You know, you're never going to be able to simulate the speed of the opening day. And you've got to be able to get your offensive linemen some reps before that opening day heat and humidity come into play. Because let's face it, we talk about weather in December, but weather in September is more significant. 
We can bundle up. We can get warmer. We can drink hot chocolate. You know, we can get Jared Goff that table for two right by the heater. <laughs> but it's hard to solve any problems when it comes to the heat. That's a hard one. That once you get zapped and the humidity takes your legs from you because you're exhausted, it ain't coming back. Yep. Now the uh, Cowboys uh, will open up the preseason Hall of Fame game against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'd expect that we do we even see a snap from Dak Prescott, three handoffs and get out of no. there. Or we're not going to see him until about week three for them, right? I would think it's week two or week three. I mean, you know, I think we'll see Ben Danucci in this one. I think this will be the the, the Don Fanucci game. I mean, Fanucci, I think we'll see him. You know, maybe a little Garrett Gilbert. You know, I don't think we'll see Zeke Elliott either. I think this is a good opportunity for the Cowboys to really kind of evaluate their young players. Mm-hmm. And that's what most coaches need to do. I mean, these preseason games, you got to get the reps. Because if you're like, say, New England, who's going to practice against the Giants and Philadelphia, their, their starters are going to get most of the work in those two practices. But their younger players aren't going to get very many reps. So the games are going to get more reps. Now, once they show the ability to, to play well against the level of comp, then you start to get more and more reps. And I think that's what we'll see. But, no, I don't think we'll see any starters in that Hall of Fame game. Although I will say this, JVT, we should make a bet. I bet the Hall of Fame ratings will be higher than the NBA Finals. You want to make that bet? Hmm. That's actually really intriguing because there's, there's a, I'm sure, a very big thirst for football, especially – I will say, oh, you know what? I will defend the honor of the NBA. Sure. I'll make the friendly way. Yeah, of course you have to. Well, I don't know if I have to. It's not part of my senior NBA analyst contract, but we'll make it fun. So, sure. I will say the Hall of Fame game will not uh, be anyone. So, we're talking any one of the NBA Finals games, right? Yeah. I mean, well, game seven, I think they got okay. 12 million. I mean, Starsky and Hutch was getting 12 million back in the day. I like it. Uh, by the way, uh, if we're talking about division winner, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, they are favored to win the NFC East plus 135 at DraftKings, Washington football team behind them at two to one. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty left to get to here on the Lombardi line. Uh, let's check in with our guy, Josh Applebaum, see what he's got for us. Vsense a sports betting reporter on the other side. has a special offer for new customers. Get an instant $10 free bet upon signing up and then earn $10 for every $1,000 wagered up to $1,000. Visit vcin.com slash horses for details. And when you go to vcin.com slash horses, you'll also find a new feature. Daily Saratoga picks from veteran handicapper Ed Seahorn. Use the bonus code Vegas1000. That's vcin.com slash horses. Promo code Vegas1000. It's the Lombardi line. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in here for Patrick Maher. We'll be back next weekend. Michael Lombardi, of course, along side and let's welcome in Josh Applebaum nice enough to give us some time as we have a lot to get to Josh first off good morning Uh, good to talk to you and uh, second off Michael brought this up there is a trickle-down effect in the betting markets from this Aaron Rodgers fall it's not just division it's not just win total there's a lot of other things that are affected here so what are you saying 
Yeah, there's so much going on with this news here, guys. Michael, JBT, great to be with you on this Saturday. Uh, so first off, you know, just from a, a, Mac, a, a high level standpoint of what's going on right now, obviously with Rodgers, the speculation, there are rumors out there that he could announce his retirement before training camp next week. Uh, so what have we seen? You know, it was crazy last night. I think if you talk to the bookmakers, uh, I want to give a shout out to Circa and Derek Stevens. What they did is, you know, when this news broke, pretty much every book across the board took their lines off the board. Division, futures, win totals, Super Bowl odds, everything. Circa kept there's up so credit to circa here they take take in a lot of uh, big respected money but it's a great quote from Derek stevens here at circa he said it's all speculation on rogers uh but we want the guys with the great information to hit us first and then we'll try to get a read on it so i think what circa is doing is saying hey we'll keep our numbers up there if anyone has a source someone tied into it i know if shailene woodley rogers fiance here has got some information or a friend of hers uh but they kept their numbers up but what they did is obviously adjust them so the packers win total went from 11 down to eight and a half there's an alternate win total Total of nine and a half, Michael. I think you thought the eight and a half was high. The nine and a half is under minus 195. And as you guys mentioned, the biggest beneficiary here seems to be the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we had the Packers as a favorite to win that NFC North. Now we have the Vikings as the favorite, plus 125. Green Bay plus 195, Chicago plus 335, and the Lions down there uh, at the basement plus uh, plus uh, 1,515. But guys, here's the thing with Rodgers. Let's start from a player standpoint. Rodgers is the defending MVP here. So Michael, I'm going to throw to you some MVP odds. If Rodgers is now out of the picture, uh, we still have Mahomes as the favorite to win the MVP here, plus 500. Rodgers was the runner-up at plus 800. Then you have Josh Allen, who could now be the second favorite here, plus 1,200. Lamar Jackson, who won it a couple years ago. Uh, as well as Murray, Kyler Murray, plus 1,400. Then you have Brady, plus 1,600. Stafford, Prescott, Wilson, all around plus 2,000. But, Michael, I want to ask you about Josh Allen. Uh, you turned us on to Allen talking about how it's kind of rare that you see a quarterback coming into league and going from 50% completion percentage, you know, to above 60. Uh, we've seen Allen make a leap here every single year. His quarterback rating in three years was a 67 and 85, and then he broke through last year with a 107 great year there and we've seen the bills steadily get better each year six and ten is first year ten and six then 13 and three uh we've seen the mvp the last 13 of 14 be a quarterback the last non-quarterback to win it was adrian peterson in 2012 buffalo also has the 10th easiest schedule this year michael so what do you think you know if with rogers out of the picture who do you gravitate toward for mvp now michael are you looking at josh allen are you looking at someone else are we are we disregarding tom brady the goat he's still here you know, for me, I, I can't even comprehend how Kyler Murray's got better has shorter odds than Tom Brady. I mean, did anybody watch the last nine games of the Cardinals season? I mean, seriously, guys, three and six over the last nine games. He beats that powerful New York Giants team. He beats that incredibly gifted Philadelphia Eagle team, and he throws a hail mary to beat Buffalo. Like seriously, like I mean, did anybody watch these games? Like, how do you post those numbers? But let's go back to Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen to me proved me wrong in the sense that he's accuracy got tremendously uh, better. He last year on throws between 1 and 10 yards was completing at an 81% clip. He had 13 touchdowns and one interception on those throws. He threw three, 264 throws, 214 completions on throws between 1 and 10 yards. Really remarkable. And part of that was Cole Beasley, who's not going to get vaccinated, who's not, who's an avid, who's talking about never doing it. So, you know, I don't know if he'll be back on the team this year or not. He had 82 catches, averaged over 10 yards a catch. So that way he was really part of it. And in those 1 to 10 yards, Josh, 
was really the Buffalo running game. That's where their running game was because they averaged well under three, uh, four yards a carry. They couldn't really run the ball. They couldn't play with any power. So I think Allen can carry them in that area. And if they come back and win and advance, and, and get the number one seed or the, or the win the East, I think he's got to have strong consideration because he has improved. Now, look, he only completed eight passes over 30 yards. All right, so his down-the-field throws, you know, are still not where they need to be. But in that short intermediate game is where he's really improved. And if he continues to do that, then I think he's got a chance to win it. Yeah, it makes sense. And, Michael, one of the things that has stuck out to me when, it watched, when you watch Josh Allen, uh, is there a better quarterback running to his right in terms of completing passes? Like at some point, if you're a defensive coordinator, how do you cut that off? Well, you, do, you have to do it by pass rush. Right. I mean, this is it just is, it's mind-blowing to me how much how little time teams spend on coordinating pass rush. Like, if I was Vic Fangio and I knew I had to play Patrick Mahomes twice, I would spend all of April, all of May, all of June before the guys went home just doing nothing but in terms of the first part of practices or at least two periods of choreographing the pass rush. I mean, I would become the Denver Rockettes. <laughs> Because I would make damn sure that that defensive front understood where we have to pressure this quarterback, how we have to pressure him, and where we need to force him. And that's what you have to do with Josh Allen. You have to choreograph the rush. Most defensive coordinators don't even go down and talk to the D-line coach. They just let him handle it. Meanwhile, you got 15 guys running up the field, and everybody's looking back at the quarterback saying, what would happen? Beep, beep, there he goes. You know, he's out of the pocket. He's making plays. All right, so Josh, Josh really quickly, and we'll expand on this when we come back, though. NFC Championship odds, uh, the – the fallout from this now, what does the NFC picture look like? Yeah, so we're really seeing, I think, the window open here for the Bucks. Everything comes up Tom Brady here. If, if it's Not only is the is he the best, but the planets align again. With Rodgers out of the picture here with Drew Brees retiring, Bucks are now plus 290 to win the NFC. Uh, and really, it's kind of a runner-up between the 49ers and the Rams. They're both around plus, uh, plus 525. We've actually seen the 49ers kind of overlap the Rams a little bit, maybe a little more bullish here on the 49ers. A lot of guys coming back from injury. Uh, obviously, the Rams got Stafford, but now they have an injury to Cam Akers. So on the flip side, Michael, I'll ask you, uh, the Bucks win total, 11 and a half. Actually, some books may go to 12. Is the road opening for the Bucks? And if you got to pick a runner-up, if Brady can't do it again, uh, who would you lean, 49ers or Rams? We'll talk about that on the flip side. Yeah, we will. I mean, look, I, I can't find five losses on the Bucks schedule. I can't. And that makes <laughs> them 12 and five. Mm-hmm. Michael Lombardi there. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll expand on this uh, a little bit more because there is still plenty of fallout here uh, from Aaron Rodgers if he's indeed uh, all done here, right, if he retires because Josh has mentioned in the 49ers window, if they're now healthy and ready to go, seems like it's open right again. We have the Rams and their new quarterback situation. Can the boy wonder, Michael, work magic with Matthew Stafford? It's a fascinating conversation to have about that. That'll be on the other side here of the Lombardi line. Josh Applebaum's going to stick around. We have plenty left to get to with Josh. He'll be with us in the second hour, too. We can take a look at the baseball card at some point. A lot of important series going down this weekend. It's the Lombardi line here on v More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
Bet on more than the final score with One Game Parlay at BetMGM. One Game Parlay, an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. Log into BetMGM or sign up to try One Game Parlay. If you're signing up for an account, make sure you use VSIN 600, and your first bet will be risk-free up to $600. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21. Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Tennessee, call or text the red line, 800-889-9789. Promotional offer not available in the state where I reside, Nevada. All right, let's welcome in again Michael Lombardi, Josh Applebaum alongside as we wrap up the first hour here of the Lombardi line. Uh, so, Michael, let's let you finish up the topic that Josh brought up there. Uh, which is the door now, the window for the other teams in the NFC. You mentioned not finding five losses on the schedule for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but what does it mean for the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams in your mind? Well, I think both teams there, JVT, you know, they certainly on paper, and, you know, this is just paper. We're in it, and July is the paper month, mm-hmm. right? And they look good on paper. They have everything that you would think. I mean, Matthew Stafford is going to be an upgrade over Jared Goff. I mean, Goff last year averaged 7.16 yards per attempt. We know where Rodgers were. We know where Josh Allen was in the eights. I mean, that's not good enough if you're trying to be a play-action pass team and throw the ball down the field making chunk plays. Good enough. Stafford will improve them in that area. The problem you have with both San Francisco and Los Angeles is are they going to be able to stay durable? Can they stay healthy? You know, they're both teams that are on the margins in terms of depth of their team. I think San Francisco is a little bit better. But defensively, if they lose any of their top players, it becomes a real problem for the 49ers. So that makes me concerned. I think Seattle's a little bit of a sleeping giant because Seattle, you know, let's face it, Russ can cook it. And they can run the football. They can play bounce. They played much better defense last year than we think they did. They didn't. They gave up a lot less yards in the running game. They were able to play the run. I'm assuming they're going to get Jamal Adams done to a mega contract. He's really a linebacker for them. He gives them another guy in their front seven. He can attack the pocket. But I think that if they can get this offensive line straightened out and they can play with effectiveness in terms of rushing the passer. You know, if they can get something out of Carlos Dunlap, if they get anything out of Alden Smith, I I think they're, you know, they won 12 games last year, and we're not even talking about them, and they have a home field advantage that we know is significant. We know it's significant, you know, because they're very good there. You know, now it wasn't last year because there was nobody in the place. But when you go in there and you start to play, that's a challenging. At 30-1, to 1, you know, I mean, they have, they have a lot of things going for them that nobody really wants to talk about. I think they're a good team. I, I think the NFC is a lot of good teams. So somebody's going to take a mother may I step forward, and it might be Seattle. Michael, really quickly, when it comes to letting Russ cook, because we saw in the first nine games about 37, 38 pass attempts per game, that dropped to about 31 in the second half of the season. There seems to be some back and forth between what is going to happen from an offensive standpoint for the Seattle Seahawks. Where do they find that sweet spot for that offense? Well, I think this, you know, they hired Shane Waldron, who was at the Rams. So I think you're going to see more of the outside zone. You're going to see Carson running the football. You're going to see more play action. And I wouldn't be surprised, JVT, if we didn't see Russell Wilson under center a little bit more. I think we're going to see Russell Wilson not as much in shotgun, but having the ability to threaten the defense with play action pass when he's under center. 
I think that's going to be critical. I, I think this is the year we're going to see more quarterbacks under center. And why is that? Because they saw what Baker Mayfield did last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Baker Mayfield had more wide open throws for touchdowns than any quarterback I've ever seen. I mean, it's really remarkable. And on first down last year, when you study Russell Wilson, just on first down, when he's typically under center, you know, he averaged 8.32 yards. He threw 13 touchdown passes. His quarterback rating was 109. He was sensational. So I know everybody says let Russ cook, but I want Russ to cook under center. Play action pass. Take advantage of first down. Take advantage of the ability of the defense, which is the best time to throw is on first down. And make those big chunk plays. And then come back and try to establish the run and build the lead. I think that's going to be most critical. And look, he started the year off in the first quarter was his best quarter. When they got to the fourth quarter, when he was having to throw the ball, that exposed that offensive line. They won 12 games last year. You know, their defense needs to improve. But I think Russell under center, especially throwing the ball on first down in this Ram style of offense can be really effective. So Josh, you mentioned the door opening. You've, you've talked a couple, a little bit about the odds. So what, what is exactly for those who are just joining us, a little bit of the odd shift here in the NFC when it comes to the Bucks, 49ers, Rams, and we'll throw in the Seahawks as well. Yeah, so obviously, you know, with Rogers' uh, speculation here, possible retirement, we don't know what's going to happen here. We did see that Packers win total fall, 11 down to eight and a half. But uh, Michael, hammering home your point here with the Seahawks, I think you bring up an interesting uh, perspective here because, you know, we're looking at these new odds here with, with the Bucks plus 290 to win the NFC. And really, it's 49ers and Rams around plus 500, plus 600, the runner up here. But if you look, if you like the Seahawks here, you could have a good spot. They're plus 1400 to win the NFC. You also have Russell Wilson uh, plus 2000 here. Uh, pretty good number here if you think you can win the MVP. They're also plus 280 to win their division. Uh, and their win total is 9.5, but it looks like it may be creeping up to 10. And I know our buddy Will Hill really likes that Seahawks over win total 9.5. We have seen, uh, and you may want to get on it now because it could be trending to 10. We do know that Russell Wilson, in his career, I think eight of his nine seasons, he's won double-digit games here. You're going to get the fans back in uh, 12th man there at Century Link Field, which could be a big advantage. And, Michael, you know, we're looking toward these week one lines as well. Uh, Seattle is at the Colts in week one, and we did see uh, an early move here towards Seattle. A lot of these books open Colts at home minus three, somewhere down to two and a half. And you guys know, you know, that week one, typically, especially first few weeks, dogs perform at a really good rate ATS. They're healthy. They're optimistic. Favorites haven't really kind of uh, broken apart and, and really shown their, their, their strength yet. So what do you think, Michael? Any early thoughts on this game? Obviously in a dome, the total's 52. It looks like it may be going to 51 and a half. Would you be looking at the points here with Seattle? You know, I, I would look at it. I, I mean, I really want to watch. I really want to spend time this summer studying Carson Wentz and see where we are. You know, and, and get a handle on that. I don't want to bet blindly on that game. I don't want to bet just on the movement of the number. I want to be able to see. I know the Colts are going to run the football effectively. I know the Colts playing in that dome can rush. Their speed on defense is going to be really good. They'll get Darius Leonard signed to an extension, and they'll be healthy. They'll be healthy. I think in these close games, these lines that are so close right now, I think you better wait damn sure until you see what the injury report is before the first game of the season because one injury could tip the line of balance. I think that's why, Josh, when you look at your card, the same one I look at, all the high bet numbers are on the games that have high spreads. Detroit, San Francisco, you know, Tampa Bay, um, Dallas, and, you know, the Lions and the 49ers. Those are the three most highly bet games uh, of this. I would be concerned about the injuries on both sides before I place the bet here. So, Michael, 
one of the things that you mentioned when we talk big picture in the NFC that you what you call it the mother may I step forward for a team right so yeah I, I will throw a team at you because we have seen the odds shift a little bit here uh, on a relative long shot in the off season. The Washington football team, I have a ticket on them at 60 to 1. They are now in the range of 40 to 1, 18 to 1 to win the NFC. Uh, I think they're one of the best defensive fronts in the National Football League. We can talk about the offense and the limitations there, but with a door open at the back end here, with a, I think, fragile favorite in the NFC East with the Dallas Cowboys, we see this all the time, right? A team that can make a little bit of a run because they have a solid defense. What is a realistic path? I don't know about winning a Super Bowl, but making it toward an NFC championship game type berth for a team like Washington, we see the odds change like they have. Well, you know, we, we have to get better. They have to get better all around on offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year they were third in the National Football League in first half point differential allowing. So their defense, as well as they played last year, always played from behind. That's hard to do. I mean, that's hard to do. Green Bay was the number one team in first half point differential. Washington was 30th. Only two teams were worse than they were. They went at most every halftime down by almost a touchdown or a field goal. That's hard to play great defense. And so they need more from their offense, and they're going to need more from their quarterbacking position, and they can't turn the ball over. I think that's going to be really critical. I mean, they make their self-inflicted wounds that they get to. I mean, they had 16 interceptions last year, seven from Mr. Haskins, you know, and so eight from Alex Smith, you know, and I think they've got it. Fitzpatrick has to protect the football. Now, they've improved. I do think offensively, the question's going to be at right tackle. Leno comes in at left tackle from the Bears. Is he's going to be good enough? You know, he's an adequate left tackle. He's not great. The right tackle is up for grabs. Cornelius Lucas is right now listed as the starter. We shall see. But they're good. They have play, better skilled players than they had. You know, McLaurin's a really good player. They drafted some young players. They get Calvin Harmon back, a kid that missed all of last season. So I'm optimistic about them, JVT, because I think if this defense could ever play from in front Mm -hmm. where they can really utilize that front four and rush the best defenses in the NFL. You know, Vince Lombardi once said blitzing's a form of weakness. I think, you know, I think there's some truth to that. Not in today's game where when you rush four from blitz, it's the same as rushing four from down. But the the point he was trying to make is when you can rush four and have seven in coverage, you become a much better defense. That's what stops it. That's what Tampa did. Tampa was able to rush four, get pressure, not rush for and just not get any pressure. Rush for and affect the quarterback and have seven guys in coverage. This is what Washington can do effectively. All right, Josh is going to be back with us in the next hour. Josh, any other football tidbits you want to leave us with before you get out of here? I just want to hammer home that Bucks win total, and I'm right there with Michael Lombardi. If you like the Bucks here, I think the time to act is right now. The win total is 11.5, but it's juiced up minus 150. It looks like it's going to 12. And, Michael, this is a team that uh, Bucks Brady in year two. They're bringing back all 22 starters. Uh, you also have the fourth easiest schedule in Tampa Bay. Their opponents from last year, 126 and 145, 465 win percentage. I think if you like the Bucks, it could be really, really important that you get the 11.5 now because it looks like it is rising to 12. I like it. All right, Josh Applebaum again. He'll be with us at the bottom of the next hour. Uh, We'll span the sporting globe there with Josh, too, because we had a lot in football. Uh, We also have, of course, Team USA. There's been some interesting odd shifts there. Baseball, full slate, very important series going down. So, Josh, thank you very much. We'll talk to you in a little less than an hour. I'm going to stick around, unfortunately, Michael. So you're stuck with me for one more. Uh, When we come back in the second hour, we got week one lines. There have been three that stick out to me. You know, Josh, actually, I'm glad he mentioned it, right? Dogs in week one. There is a road favorite that really sticks out to me because it's very interesting to see 
there's there's a lot of belief in the Chargers, and I don't know if uh, I'm really in on the Charger train at this point right now, but I'll discuss that with Michael Lombardi much more in the second hour of the Lombardi line on the other side. Storm and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.